okay for you want to do it in German? <laughs> Hi guys, this is one of my first interviews I do in English. No, actually it is the first one. But it will probably appear on my German channel because I know that almost all of my German viewers can speak English. And I think it's about, yeah, I think I'm driving the right speed, but I want to go past this. We, uh, we have a truck driving in front of us. We are now in the middle of Oregon. Or Oregon, how do you spell it? Oregon. Oregon. Or Oregon, Oregon. I don't even know. Oregon. We've just been to Arby's. <laughs> Martin needed a brisket burger. I had a brisket He's burger. obsessed. Yeah, it's a great thing. Also, I need to get and assimilate to the American culture. But um, that means you have to gain 20 pounds. Yeah, uh, I'm on my way. I'm on my way. Yeah. I'm having a food baby. <laughs> and um, I want to do do a video uh, on my solely political uh, networking trip in America with uh, this young lady here next on my right. Mm -hmm. She's called Brittany Pettibone. Hello. And she's a, a alt not alt-right, a patriotic YouTuber, constitutionalist, traditionalist, and um, I'm reading your Instagram bio now. Uh. <laughs> um, maybe you can tell all the viewers who don't know you, shame on you, um, tell what are you doing, what um, what uh, what they can expect when they click. After minor te technical problems, um, studios telling us we just should continue like this. So, yeah. Brittany, what can people who don't know you, shame on you again, um, yet expect when they go to your channel? They can expect a range of things. I'm never satisfied with with one kind of venture. So, at the moment, I make videos with my twin sister Nicole and then I make some on my own. I also interview various people, uh, public figures in the right-wing movements um, from both Europe and America and then some politicians as well and then I also do a bit of independent journalism. I reported with Lauren Southern on the Defend Europe mission, the very recent successful one and then Lastly, I do a podcast with Lauren Southern called Thought Crimes. Yeah, no, you can't pass yet. You can't. <laughs> We're gonna die. It's the last video of our existence. It's uh, on my channel. Yeah, exactly. Well, <laughs> if they upload it, 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 if we die, upload it to mine. Our last, our famous Don't last words. To post <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, that's about it at this point. Although, who knows? Maybe we'll we'll make a few videos together. Yeah, maybe, 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 maybe you know. So it, enough of the choking. Back to serious political issues. Yeah, it's a serious course, political trip, and I wanted to, to take this uh, the, the, the opportunity while driving here through Oregon to talk with Brittany a bit about um, an important subject matters. And for me, at the moment, what interests me most is the the issue of. America and Europe, the right wing in America and Europe. And we have done a video on Britain's channel that you can watch if you're interested in the subject. So um, in, in our talk, for me personally, I want to get to know more about you, how you started your political career as a political analyst, oh, right. what brought you into this subject, so or what made you uh, becoming a, um, a political analyst, what did you do, did you do before I, for 10 years, was a writer. I write science fiction and fantasy, but all of it is very heavily laced with politics. We, 
my parents are very political. They're not obviously polit politically active, although my dad did run for the Reform Party governor in Kansas, like, way back in the early 2000s. What so, is kind of party, Reform Party? Maybe yeah, like, it's the independent. Um, it's not, like, Republican-Democrat. It's, you know, like, Ron Paul runs on the Reform Party. Got it. Okay, so... I know it, of course, but just for the viewers. You know. Yeah, yeah. So... We've always been very a political family, and so Nicole, my twin sister, and I were very interested. We discuss it all the time, particularly during the U.S. election, like every day for hours. It was like watching political videos, discussing politics. We were so into it, and it eventually reached this. It culminated in this boiling point where we decided that if Hillary Clinton won, there was no point anyway in even pursuing a writing career because she was obviously going to open the floodgates for immigration, all sorts of things. Uh, you know, possibly like we'd be in a war with Russia right now, who knows? But so we made the decision one month before the US election let's just make a video why we think it would be wiser to vote for Trump. Maybe we can convince a few people. And so we made a video, and InfoWars actually saw it like the day that it was published, and they were like, Oh, can we interview you? And we said, Sure. And from there, it kind of escalated. Like a lot of people, uh, ended up seeing the video and getting in touch with us and offering us opportunities and we did a lot of activism on Twitter and from their branch to YouTube and the rest is history. So basically you always have been a politically interested person from yeah. your family. I also can confirm that there are a lot of politi political discussions on the dinner table. Some of them may be a bit conspiratorial. <laughs> and, um, and then it was the election, the Trump election that basically triggered you Right. actually become not only a spectator of politics but um, yeah basically basically a politician on your own because what you're doing you and me and, and um, commentators movements is meta politics we are actually having an influence right. and um, during the Trump election a lot of people um, a lot of people thought or claimed that um, the, um, you almost died again <laughs> so it's um, very very dangerous on American highways yeah. Yeah, but yeah. many people said political commentators said that those people people like you had a very and, and um, really uh, a lasting influence on the whole election circle and so you have been much into, into all of this you know you know a lot of people you're very well connected um, you um, were also in pizza, pizza gate all stuff do you think that um, you and other political commentators on Twitter and on YouTube actually had an effect on the election well, I mean, I don't know. Like, it's it's hard to say without official studies done because you really don't know how many people you're affecting. You could affect someone in their room that no one ever knows because they're watching through YouTube. So the sphere of... It affects you. It, yeah, the, like sometimes I'll meet people randomly. Like, I, you know, I live in Idaho. I had someone come up to me and say, oh, I watch your channel. The most random things you never expect. And so you just don't really know. I don't really think about it, I guess. Like, who... I'm reaching if whether the person's in Europe America I think obviously I will say the Trump movement on Twitter on social media had a very big impact I won't take any credit personally but there were people campaigning many 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 months in advance for him uh, I was only involved starting from a month before the election and then obviously up until now I haven't stopped and so I mean I would give a lot more credit to these people who there's people that legitimately they quit their jobs or they you know just to campaign for Trump because they realized how important it is how do you think uh, can it have have an effect so what kind of effect does it have when you post like 50 pepper beans about Trump or well that is useful in 
first of all, demoralizing the opposition because if it if they can't take a joke, if they're sensitive, they get, you know, you've had, you see videos of people receiving Pepe memes and freaking out like, no, oh, white supremacists, you know? It's I also always, appealing to the youth because it's humorous. I always have been have Andrew Bond, I see somebody has Andrew on as well, I sent him Pepe's. <laughs> it's great, I love it. I, I love using Pepe because you know how much it, it really affects them and they just, they hate it so much. But also the youth, they are, number one, very attracted to humor, and the right has a very great sense of humor. They're great at memeing, um, being very hilarious, so that attracts the youth. Also, uh, symbols like Pepe are, in a sense, forbidden, and the youth is also very attracted to, oh, I saved it, very attracted to what's forbidden. So, you know, it's like, don't touch that, and they're like, I'm gonna touch it. So, that's that's another... Uh, yeah, and um, I... Well, let's wait till this to this to this curve. Is over. Yeah, I'll hold it. You <laughs> okay, can keep okay, going. Okay. Um, I will not cut here for uh, the reason of authenticity. Yeah. Um, and just to continue with uh, with um, saying you're absolutely right, and I also think that these tactics also should be applied. I think it's, it's okay now. Yeah. Um, in uh, European election, actually, they have been in the last election of the AfD. Mm -hmm. People have taken up the meme warfare in Europe, and I hope that's that's also one thing that we can learn from the American patriotic circles. What, that's my personal question is you as an American, what has changed in your opinion after the election of Trump? Is it that the, the whole political correctness has um, in a way uh, gone down? Are people now more, more eager and more in the daily life, the surroundings, more, um, I don't know, more ready to show their, their patriotism? Or is it just a full-fledged cultural war and people are still afraid? It's a full-fledged culture war. Of course, many people, this many people have spoken out from the time during the election, the whole cycle up till now. Yes, you have seen definitely a large awakening, a lot more people willing to actually stand up and publicly speak their beliefs. A lot of people, because the extreme left is getting so extreme that just, for example, James Damore, the, the Google memo guy who came out and, and said very factual things regarding gender, Uh, in biology, he was completely crucified and chased to our side, basically, even though he wasn't particularly right-leaning, if I, you know, remember correctly. So, just stuff like that. You can't even be normal anymore. You can't even be uh, factual. You can't appreciate facts. You know, there have to be eight million genders and who knows what else. And you, you basically have to surrender reality to them if you, if you want to coexist peacefully with these people. By the way, But, everybody who comments on this on this um, uh, camera dropping all the time is an idiot, yeah? So don't <laughs> state the obvious, we know. Yeah, I know, I, know. I keep catching it because my reflexes. I know, be impressed, be impressed. Everybody's impressed about the yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but it is way worse now. Um, that's, way worse. It's way worse, and that's also, was, um, I think, that is also maybe our chance, you know? I think that, um, that Trump is forcing them to demask themselves day by yeah, day. Absolutely. They're getting, uh, the last story I heard was that he was forcing a young boy uh, to know his slavery and reinforcing patriarchal <laughs> For those who don't know, there was a boy who wrote Trump, President Trump, and said, can I come mow your lawn? 
And Trump said, sure. So he went and mowed the lawn. And the media is like, slave labor. Trump having a child, slave a child, yeah, child slave labor. Yeah, even more. And, and then, yeah, it's completely crazy. So they're making complete fools out of themselves. Yeah. And um, by by um, this um, Trump, Trump derangement syndrome, not accepting the reality of Trump's presidency, I think um, they are they are actually um, prolonging the whole presidential campaign and the whole uh, the whole um, election circus, uh, which uh, creates uh, red pills, uh, patriots day by day. That's that's my impression. And um, also here, driving to the country, you meet many conservatives, uh, even in California. Yeah, it's a very cool thing. The, yeah, the thing is that they. You know, the left was not used to losing. And the fact that they lost on such a grand scale, they just made them double down. And that's why we're seeing things get even more heated and more serious. Like before, it was okay. You just memed and joked all the time. Of course, we still have that sense of humor very much alive in our movement now. But now it's just, it's getting more and more and more serious. People are getting killed. People are getting assaulted. People are losing their jobs, their livelihoods, being doxxed, being attacked. It's getting serious. And it, it's it's less. We have less of a window for making mistakes or making light of things. Now we really need to be serious, be strategic, and uh, you know just work toward work towards our goals. But you know, these the signs of repressiveness and violence, repression, are also signs of a desperate um, system. Yeah, a desperate ideological, um, yeah, um, totalitarianism. Is losing its grasp of the population. Yeah, right. that's when they become totalitarian. That's when they become aggressive. So I think the Antifa and the radical violent left is also basically uh, doing the doing our work, destroying the whole leftist hegemony. It's the concept of inverted totalitarianism, which is you don't have just you know the one big brother at the top that is censoring and controlling everyone. You actually have many. You have platforms, of course, like Google, Facebook. They're they're censoring, and they're in a sense very um, uh, reminiscent of Big Brother. But then you also have people, average people like Antifa or extreme stream for leftists, just random people on the street, kind of policing what you do, watching you, keeping you in line. So it's an entire network, a big web of people that are trying to control what you do and what you think, and keep you in line, and will be there to. You know, uh, try and oppress you or censor you in some way should you cross this line that they have set. You know, because of course they determine morality and and, and the rules for our society. So. Everybody's free to say what he wants as long as it's not our opinion. Not yeah, and as long as it's not hate speech, guys. Even though what what is hate speech to us, they don't care about that. Only what's hate speech to them. That's true. Yeah, yeah they love to hate us, but I think it's um, I think it's very important that all people understand that the real war. Uh, the real um, decision starts now. The real war is yeah. always decided after the war. The victory of Trump was important, but many people always uh, also told me, "Yeah, we dodged a bullet with that." No, the bullet is still fly is still flying, and um, they are still flying. And now the meta political warfare starts, and this is something where where Britain and I are active. I'm on the streets. Um, uh, you you've done a lot of videos, interviews, but you also went on the streets in Dublin. You came to to uh, to help with Defend Europe. Once again, thank you very much for uh, yes. uh, for all your help on the ship, all of you on the ship. And I want to ask you a bit more about one subject that is very very present in your videos, especially the ones with Lauren. You talk about morality. You talk about I'll link a few videos now in the description. You talk about role models. You talk about dating. You talk about trading up. I think it's a very important issue because it's an issue that affects everyone. Everyone has like love issues, relationships, and here you want to give 
kind of a conservative outline. Why right. are you choosing this issue? Why are you talking about this? Because it is it addresses the the most important thing our society is, which is family. Ultimately, you know, relationships they should lead to families, hopefully. And our society very much is suffering from fractured families. You mo there is a very high divorce rate. People are even not getting married anymore. Then you have, uh, you know, it comes with a whole host of problems. It's because of our culture. It's like a hookup culture, basically. You don't even need to get married because you get all the same things before marriage, like sex and kids and whatever. So we think it's important to talk about mainly because the mainstream media and the magazines and, and all the, the people who give advice on these topics present it as if this is the norm, there's only one way, and this will make you happiest. It's basically to talk about alternatives. This actually is scientifically proven to make you happier. You know, not sleeping with 50 guys before you get married. Just these kinds of things. Um, we obviously don't present it in in the way of, oh, you have to do this, this is the only option, and if you don't, then you're a horrible person. It's more like, okay, this is an alternative to what is presented in the mainstream, saying, you know, the, the best way you'll be happy is all through your 20s to party, sleep with everyone, and maybe eventually settle down in your 30s. It's just more, it's, it's a different um, route, you know, like maybe, maybe prioritize family before, you know, partying. That's not going to make you happy. Um, what is beeping? Let's right. start again. No issue, no issue. <laughs> no, no problem. The car, the car was giving us a message. Uh, and we, the, and we need to get off. We need to like, get off the highway. No, okay. in, in one and a half miles. So okay, no let's problem. not let's not miss our turn. No, no, What no, was no. I saying? You, oh yeah. No, so but I wanted to say something. Yeah. Oh, okay. I want to mention your male privilege. You can, you can um, interject. Because I think I think it's um, actually it's very important that you're doing this. I think it's one of the the major and key issues because really what's happening today, the great replacement that our people are everywhere in Europe being replaced by immigrants and we're getting lower and lower, um, fewer and fewer. Um, this this starts with uh, with you, it starts with the family, it starts with the lifestyle, basically we're all um, engaging in and that's also something that needs to change. You need political fight, you need, uh, you need uh, activists, but you also need to change your lifestyle, you need to change the way you are behaving and I really hope for a kind of a new cultural, maybe even sexual, conservative revolution yeah. and you are like on the forefront of that. You, you have a lot of girls writing you, you're interviewing many young girls who pop up now as YouTubers. Is it really realistic to say that the Generation Z is becoming more conservative and that there's a, a revolution or change going on or is this just wishful thinking? No, I absolutely think so, that it is realistic to say. They are, let's just actually take, I'll, I'll answer after this, because you need to go 97 North. Uh, right. It's unscripted, you know, it's like <laughs> actual, really, really. Real really, life. They're really driving on the highway Okay, yeah, here. this yeah. way. Um, to West Copix, yeah. Yeah, because we've almost died several times. Do you remember the, the question? Yes, no, no, I remember <laughs> the question. Okay, 70 miles this way. All right, so now we won't, we won't be interrupted. I know, I definitely think that they're more conservative and it's mainly because they, like for, for me, in my own experience, what pushed me even to be more conservative than I was, was seeing the ugliness that was celebrated on the left. And it was getting more and more and more and more perverse. There were no, there's no, there doesn't seem to be a line morally that they won't cross. Uh, things, nowadays you're shamed if you're pro-life. 
I mean, what kind of world is this? Like, you know, OK Cupid partnered with Planned Parenthood to basically filter out pro-life accounts. This is the, the point that we're getting to. So when it reaches this level of degeneracy, I think a lot of people who have some semblance of a moral compass will kind of retreat from it and reject it. And that's why I think that, that they're possibly more conservative just because we're reaching this, this point of where so you mean you mean they have carried it too far with the craziness yeah, yeah. and are triggering a counter counter revolution? It, it's yes, it's waking people up in a sense. And many many you're seeing many people from the left come to the right, but you're not seeing people from the right go to the left, and that's the difference. The but also. kind of like there's a range of like tradi traditionalism uh, isn't the only thing I cover, but I do think it's important. And and the way I define it is mostly revolved around the family, so motherhood, children, these. It branches out into these things so it's not this is the way that I talk about traditionalism because I think that it's the foundation of, a, of, of a, a very actual progressive society or strong family units and the reason I talk about it, it's like why do I defend you know being a mother over the career woman because they're the people on the left they say you know it's inferior to be a mother and, and career women are very empowered and independent and strong you know and and people like Gloria Steinem that prominent feminist say basically if you're you're a parasite if you're a housewife, you know? So this is why I talk about it. It's more to defend and to show the, the alternative to what is being peddled in the, in the mainstream. And as, I said, as I said, I think it's a very, very important issue and a very, very important job, especially to do this as a girl, as a young woman, who is, of course, more credible than like a 50-year-old guy who tells um, <laughs> young girls how to behave, what to do. So to summarize, we are really in a, in a cultural, metapolitical war that is now, um, after the victory of Trump in America, going on even harsher, more brutal, more impressive. And um, in another video, you can see it on the British channel, we talked mainly about what the alternative dissident writing patriot groups in America could now do and what Europeans could learn from them. What would interest me, um, maybe also a final statement from you, is if you're a young man or woman watching this now, what, in your opinion, what should, you, should they do to um, enforce this dream of pe uh, people uh, becoming red-pilled? What should they do to do their share in a resistance and fight for the future? Well, not everyone can obviously afford to completely give up any hope at a regular, stable job and join the political fight. If you can't, the, be then the next best thing you can do is share information because we're in an information war so people close to you this could because this could be privately done your family friends relatives share the information that you know with them and in a sense you'll be doing your part or maybe if you are in some way able to support other people who are fighting this you know because you receive so much backlash and censorship uh, if in some way you're able to write them an email, encourage them, if you're able to donate five dollars, I don't know, whatever it may be, whatever you feel comfortable doing, it's it's really important. Uh, I think it's it's very much a group effort. We couldn't be doing this without the people watching. So it's not like, you know, we're these great heroes doing it all on our own. No, we are self-sufficient. We are white nationalist royalty. Yeah, 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 of course. White, na yeah. white nationalist royalty, there you go. I think it's absolutely right and also uh, something I really wanted to stress as well, the first thing. I think now it's a very decisive time, the next yeah. the five to ten years, it's a time frame. So everybody, now or never. Absolutely, everybody who's young, who doesn't have any house to pay off or, I don't know, five children, um, they really should maybe make a cut now. They, uh, 
one year, two year dedicated to politics. Not just postpone maybe your education or choose a work that works with politics because the time is now and not in 10 years. It really is pivotal and if we don't, I mean, if we don't fight now, our kids are going to have to fight, but for them, they might not even be able to fight because it would be far too late. You know, like now it is the decisive defining time. So there could, and I guess, you know, ooh, wow. The thing is, if we do win, we don't have to worry about political correctness. You know? You'll, you'll, so if you join and we win, everyone gets to keep their job or whatever. Or so the, the thing dropped again, I hope this time for the last time, but just, you know, um, Keep it in your mind, get active, we need you now within this time frame and uh, know all, in all these interviews I do in the end I always make kind of, uh, I ask um, a set of, of um, uh, predefined questions, I wrote them on a, on a uh, menu uh, sheet of five guys. guys. Yeah. It's fast food aboard. Very good, fast food. Britain is forcing me basically to eat all this fast food. Yeah, don't believe the lie. That was like his first thing when we came. It's like Taco Bell, Wendy's, we have to go to the mall. And I was like, fine, you know. It's American it's culture. It's actually a good like, host to, get, to know, show you who, who I to deny you. This is my videos or my rules. Ah, okay. And uh, at the end of my interviews, I always ask um, a few questions. Um, no personal questions and then I make a so-called word word rap. It means I, I just I'll tell you a word or one short question, you need to ask them, answer them as soon and as fast as possible uh -oh, okay. and as spontaneous as possible. So um, first of all, what is the book that has made the um, the most impression on you? So what, what was the book that was the most important book you ever read? Well, I will just say to clarify before this, at different points in my life books affected me very deeply in a profound way but I'll just say out of all of these even though several have affected me I'll cry, maybe Crime and Punishment by Dostoevsky. What's the book that you're actually reading at the moment? Runaway Horses. Very good. Um, if you could be <laughs> by Yukio Mishima if you could be anywhere at the moment any place in the world where, where would you like to be instead of here in the car holding this camera <laughs> fearing not to die um, made, a, made a very brutal scene before and pretty saved us all <laughs> yeah I, I saved his life by the way so he wasn't that brutal yeah yeah no it wasn't, no, it, wasn't. Okay, it was so fine if you could, I would be right anywhere in the world I would be in Vienna Am I getting points here? Absolutely, yeah? Okay. absolutely, yeah. <laughs> Can't get really, really good. Okay. Um, and if you could choose one time in the whole world history, they could spend ah. one week, which time would you choose and where? Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh, I don't know. Um, this is, I don't know. There are so many. Yeah, just spontaneously. Yeah, I, I'll just say the first thing that comes to me, maybe... I think it would be cool, the, the Russian Revolution. What? As, as a conservative? I just think it would be interesting to witness. I think you wouldn't be or, able to spend one week no, as a conservative during your last movie. Yeah, but, okay, but, but no, it's but, your answer. You, but if I, I go, can I, want, I die? This is a, this is a no judgment zone. Uh, mm. It's your answer, and I uh, know you would die, you would not be able to go back. Okay, um, I now ask you, uh, give you a few words, uh, just throw them on you, and you need to um, um, respond with one or two words. Okay. Europe. Um, architecture, beautiful. Taco Bell. Mexican food. USA. American flags. Seafood. Disgusting, rubber. Soros. Force, oppression. <laughs> Soros. Soros? Um, 
immortal. <laughs> he doesn't die. He's like 8,000 years old. Yeah, his son is already in the starting gym. Feminism. Feminism. Um, anger. Hostility. Borders. Borders. Security. Safety. Coffee. The nectar of life. The caffeine queen, by the way. Yeah. I got it. You are so good. I know. Last one, memes. Memes. Uh, you got Pepe trolling. Memes, of course, love and life. Um, what would you do with, with one million dollars? Ooh. Yeah, I, I, I would invest it in the movement somehow. You would buy all the shoes and... <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, yeah. What? Um, I'd buy you Taco Bell at fast food. <laughs> okay. Um, what? Um, fuck, I can read my own handwriting. Uh, if you could make Trump do one, one thing, what would you do? Build the wall. Um, on this day, I would stop being an activist. What? You oh. need to finish the sentence. Well, it depends on the type of activist. Like, street on this day, when I die. And um, on this, uh, for this, uh, I would go to prison for. I would go to prison for what is right or my family. Thank you, Brittany. You made it through the word wrap with all the questions. Oh. Um, I feel I like think, I answered. I think you made it very well. I don't well. like being answered questions spontaneously. Like, what time period? This is going to bother me all day because I know there's one that I want to go to. But it's the like. The Russian Revolution is really no, it's, strange. It's really. I know, it's stupid. But it's like when someone asks you something and all of a sudden your favorite book and you suddenly don't remember any book you've read your entire life. This is me. Exactly. It's the same. Yeah. Same. So I completely I, can relate to that. If I had that. been given these questions in advance, I probably would have said something like. But unfortunately, you don't have Hillary Clinton's woman privilege. So here in my show, nobody gets a question, question at once. Wow. And since we have survived the show, um, uh, we have survived the show. And um, but I don't want to, uh, you know, carry too far. I thank you very much for watching. If you want, you can uh, follow um, Brittany on her channel, Brittany Pettibone, and soon on her new homepage, Brittany-Pettibone.com. And you can, um, of course, also subscribe to my channel. And yeah, that's basically it. Thanks very much for watching. And Brittany, do you still have some chicken, chicken, chicken dinner here? No, it's all gone. I hate it.